Father God, we just thank you right now for just your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you for, for every testimony, God. We thank you for every word of victory. We thank you because you are moving and you are transforming and you are showing yourself strong for each and every one of us. And so we just thank you for that. We are not going to focus on the negative things that have gone on in our lives or gone on around us in our world, but we're just going to focus on your goodness and focus on your love. And so today, as we go deeper into your word to gain a, a greater revelation of your love, I pray, oh God, that you would just you know, be with us, be in my mouth, be in my heart, be in every part of me. I already know that you are, but be in each and every person that is under the sound of my voice um, and let every person just be connected to you more and more, even as we go before you today. And Lord, I just praise you. I decrease that you may increase and just ask that you have your way. Um, we give you all the praise, the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so um, today, our, I'm going to give you our reference scriptures and um, it's only two that I'm going to read in some shape, form, or fashion, um, and then everything else. I just want you to have the context so that way when you're doing your own studies, you can look into it um, a little little deeper if you like. Um, but we want to um, look at Genesis chapter 16, verses 8 through 14. And that is going to be um, page 18 in the voice version. Uh, we're also going to look at Psalm 1 and 3. I believe that's page 627 in the voice. Um, I am going to read part of Genesis 16 out of a different version. But you got Genesis 16, 8 through 14, and then Psalm 1 and 3. And then in terms of our reference scriptures for today, we have uh, Genesis chapters 15 through 17, Romans 8 and 28, Matthew 6. 25 through 33, and John 16, 33. And so for all of those last sets of scriptures, Genesis chapters 15 through 17, Romans 8, 28, Matthew 6, 25 through 33, and John 16, 33, those are all going to be scriptures that you'll just kind of hear me reference more than anything else, but I'm not going to read them today unless the Lord does something different. But to get us started, for those who have been at this Christian journey for a while, it can be exciting and yet challenging to look into the word with fresh eyes, to see deeper revelations of who God is and who he desires to be for us today. The word of God is rich with wisdom for our life. And anytime we consult it, we turn it over in our mind and heart with the help of the Holy Spirit, we should come away from it with more love, more grace, forgiveness, peace, and freedom for ourselves and others. I have found this to be true as I prepared to come before you today. And I'm thankful to God for his wisdom and help and pray that this message will prove inspiring and helpful in your studies and walk with God. In my study, I revisited Genesis chapters 15 through 17. It's the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar leading up to the birth of Isaac. God's chosen seed to usher in salvation through Christ. I read these chapters and on one hand, I was laughing and cracking up, you know, watching the story unfold. Um, and on the other hand, I smiled and felt encouraged by God's unrelenting pursuit of man and his desire to see the vision he had unfold um, despite human struggle with doubt and unbelief. 
As we continue our studies, I believe we'll see a common theme of God's plan advancing no matter what. He always has a way forward. And that way forward includes blessing all who believe even in the fightest. So when reading about the time leading up to Isaac's birth, there was so much I wanted to share to help us see God's love more expansively. But I settled on a deeper understanding of God through the eyes of Hagar. Go with me to Genesis chapter 16, verses 8 through 14. Again, I believe that's page 18 in the voice version. And it says, the special messenger, and I, and I know I'm starting in the middle of the story because it's so long, I just had to take a snippet, but um, it's, the special messenger, meaning like angel of the Lord, God said, Hagar, Sarah's servant girl, where have you come from and where are you planning to go? And Hagar says, I am running away from my mistress, Sarah. The special messenger says, Hagar, go back to your mistress and change your attitude, be respectful and listen to her instructions. You're pregnant and you need to go home. Trust me, I am going to give you many children and many descendants, so many you won't be able to count them. Verse 11, look, you are pregnant and you're going to have a son. I want you to call him Ishmael because the eternal one has heard your anguish cry. Just to warn you though, Ishmael, your son is going to be a wild and rowdy man. He'll put his fist in every face and everyone will turn against him and he will live at odds with all of his relatives. Verse 13, as a result of this encounter, Hagar decided to give the eternal one who had spoken to her a special name because he has seen her in her misery. Hagar says, I'm going to call you the God of seeing because in this place, I have seen the one who watches over me. Because of this, the well between Kadesh and Bered is called Birla Hiroi, which means well of the living one who watches over me. Verses 13 and 14 are really the focus of my message today. You can get so much out of just that one passage. I mean, somebody could preach all day long on that, but I'm just going to primarily focus on verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read verse 13 first in the Amplified Version to bring a little more clarity. It says, and then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are God who sees, for she said, have I not even here in the wilderness remained alive after seeing him who sees me with understanding and compassion? The name that Hagar gave God was Elroy, because he saw her right where she was in her pain and misery, and he understood, had compassion, and blessed her and her son Ishmael. Reading this passage out of context, you probably feel sorry for Hagar's situation. But what you'll find when you read thoroughly is that Hagar really brought this situation upon herself. When Abraham and Sarah took God's plan in their own hands, Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham in hopes of creating the son that God had promised. After Hagar became pregnant, she became prideful and taunted her mistress, Sarah, as if she were better than Sarah because she was having Abraham's baby. Sarah got mad, treated Hagar meanly. Hagar pretty much said, I'm not going to take this and ran away. All the while, Abraham stood around knowing all of this was going on. It was a whole mess. But we can see this kind of stuff happening today. We decide to get ahead of God because maybe things aren't happening in the timing that we want. So instead of waiting patiently, 
to sense the right timing or consulting God for wisdom and putting together a plan from that wisdom. We just do whatever we think is best to make things happen. Then when it goes wrong, we want to blame someone else or try to run away from the problem we've created. And that's what happened with this situation. God gave Abraham and Sarah a promise. Sarah came up with what she thought was a solution. Abraham agreed with the solution and Hagar was caught up in the middle of it all, but didn't make it any better and ended up in a wilderness, pregnant and on the brink of her and the baby dying until God came to her and shared with her the promise for Ishmael. When I looked into the name Elroy, I learned that this is the only time that name was used in the Bible. And I thought it interesting that God chose to show himself understanding and compassionate and loving in the midst of what was all a big and almost deadly mistake that stemmed from a lack of trust in God and his timing. What is even more interesting is that God watched and allowed this all to unfold. He's the God who sees at any point he could have intervened after Sarah hatched her master plan. He could have gone back to Abraham to say, hey, just want to remind you that um, I'm going to give you a son through Sarah, your wife. And I know it seems impossible, but I'm God and I can do the impossible. But he didn't. He watched patiently, giving everyone the freedom to make their decisions, let some of the consequences play out. And then in his infinite wisdom, he stepped in to get everything back on track. We can't say exactly why he stepped in when he did and why it may seem that God stepped in for some and not for others. But, but, but what we can say is that God is compassionate, understanding, and he cares about using our decisions and experiences to grow us into a clearer, into a clearer image of himself. Mistakes and suffering are a part of life. Look at Jesus. He suffered in the worst way so he could display passion and compassion on a level that some of us may never fully understand, though many of us have opportunities to tap into that passion and compassion when we find ways to minister to others out of our pain, mistakes, struggles, and suffering. Hagar walked away from this situation knowing God in a way that she never knew him before. It was a more intimate knowledge of the one who saw her, knew that she didn't do right, and yet made even her mistakes to prosper. I mean, what kind of God do we serve that he'll still look at us doing wrong and yet still find a way to make it all work out? This is the God that Hagar found. This is the revelation of God's love that became clear to me as I studied Genesis 15 through 17. In every way, even when we don't understand why or how God sees us just as we are, all our good parts, all our questionable parts. He sees the depths of our hearts, the things that we hide away from others, our lack of trust, our unbelief, our misguided or prideful thinking, our questioning. He sees all of it, and yet he loves us. He has a plan, and he will let life shape us in ways that will open our eyes and hearts to deeper revelations of love and truth, just like he did with Hagar. This should remind us that there's no need to worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will put on. Your heavenly father knows just what you need and he'll work all things together for good. It doesn't mean you won't go through anything. You can be assured that as long as you live and breathe, 
you can be sure that in this world, you will have trouble, you will experience pain and heartache. But as the word says, be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. Or remember, as in the experience of Hagar, verse 14 of chapter 16, it says, because of this, the well between Kadesh and Bered is called Birla Hiroi, which means well of the living one who watches over me. Remember, there is a well of living water in each of us. Every day, do your best to remember this well that is Jesus Christ. And as you remember and nourish that well of life in you, remember that Birla Hiroi, the living one, is watching over you. Psalms 1 and 3, in my paraphrase, it says, the person who abides in God will be like a tree firmly planted near a stream of water. The fruit of the spirit blooms at just the right time. They flourish in season and out of season, and God will make even their mistakes to turn out well if they continually rely on and trust in him. I paraphrase that, that scripture um, to help you more fully understand what it means. But it's the last part that I want you to remember, that even your mistakes can prosper if you believe in, rely on, and trust in God to help you live a life of love, kindness, and compassion. There is so much more that we can glean from Genesis chapters 15 through 17. I mean, I'm sure I could talk for hours and hours about it all. But I think the words that I've shared today are what we needed. And I wanna leave you with the words of this song. It says, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up, oh well, and give to me that life abundantly. Elroy sees you, and the well of the living one watching over you, Jesus Christ and his spirit is in you, bringing everything you do together to expand the pages of the New Testament. If you allow God to work through you authentically, people every day will read, watch, and learn from your life in the same way that we have learned from Hagar today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word and the revelation that you see us right where we are right now. You see us. We may not be out in the wilderness like Hagar, pregnant and about to die, baby about to die, but God, we are in some ways are out there, God. We're trying to figure things out. We're trying to understand. And sometimes we do wonder, do you see us? Can you hear us? But today we call on you as Elroy. And we know that you see us, each and every one of us. You see us just as we are. You're not trying to make some big majestic changes in us. You're just wanting us to stay connected to you, to walk with you, to believe in you, to trust in you. And as we do that each and every day, you will expand love in our hearts. You will expand love so that way we can know who we really can be in you. And we will have the wisdom and the knowledge that we need to be that very person. We thank you for your help. We thank you for always being there. Thank you for just never leaving us or forsaking us. Thank you for accepting us just the way we are. 
And God, I pray that you will help us to see that as we live our everyday life, that you are with us, that you are guiding us, that you are helping us. And even when we make mistakes, when we try to go about things our own way, you will still take those mistakes and you will turn them around and work them out for good for us and for the, all of those around us. Lord, we just thank you because, you know, with everything that happened with Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, God, it could have just derailed your plan altogether, but you had a plan and you worked it out no matter, no matter what they did. You still stepped in and made it all work. And so we thank you that even in our life, when we come up with our master plans, that you will step in and you will fix what needs to be fixed so that that way we can continue to live the abundant life that you have um, given us, that your son died to give us. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.